Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Enjoy all your favourite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Firestone Destination AT2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom, what up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio, coming to you live and direct from the City of Angels. Hopefully you enjoyed some NBA hoop last night. We'll get to what I saw and what I did not see from the Lakers, from the Celtics, from the Dubs late last night. So many things to get into. Kirk Ferris, head coach of the Iowa Hawkeyes, who... um, when you say they upset Ohio State, remember, um, they didn't just beat, they pummeled Ohio State. Remember, they're also 18-point underdogs to Ohio State. Their award, the Wisconsin Badgers, this upcoming weekend. The life of a Big Ten football coach. Kirk Ferentz joins us in, oh, about uh, 15 minutes. C.J. McCollum will join us next hour. R.J. Bell will join us. Peter King will join us. And if you miss any of the Doug Gottlieb show... My best advice is really simple advice. Download the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. You can follow us on Twitter. Uh, you can go to our show page on Facebook. Uh, those are easy, easy places uh, to go to, uh, to 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 obtain the podcast or go to iTunes or wherever you download podcast, and it is readily available. There's been a lot of discussions about why the NFL's ratings are down. Roger Dell recently came out and said, that fans don't want to be protested to. And while you may, in your uh, desire for social justice, have a problem with that, I do think that what Roger Goodell is saying in uh, and not being so eloquent in saying so is the old adage in business, which is this, the customer is always right. And whatever you think about flag protest, you're allowed to think about flag protest. Whatever you think about police brutality or whatever there, or Donald Trump or or Bob McNair, you're allowed, you're allowed to think these things. You're allowed to speak about these things. 
But it appears that there's at least a portion of the fan base that has spoken to Goodell, that has spoken to Jerry Jones and others. They're like, hey, that ain't why I come to see football. And it bothers me. That said, I don't think that plays a large role in why fans are staying away. I don't. I think the number one reason, and we, we just get too far afield, the number one reason that all sports live broadcast the numbers, college basketball's had this problem forever. College football has this problem. Did you know there's an NFL game tonight? Did you know that NFL game involves the Seattle Seahawks? Seahawks and Cardinals have been one of the better rivalries in football over the last half decade. Cardinals were one of the few teams back when the Seahawks were at their absolute peak that were able to beat them. Did you know they played tonight on national TV? I mean, think about it. Richard Sherman and Russell Wilson are two of the, let's say, 15 biggest stars in the NFL. They're on NBC and... Did you know they were playing? Now, look, you as a sports fan or you as a better or you as a fantasy guy, you may be like, yeah, dude, I knew exactly, I knew they are playing. I'm, I'm all in. But most of America's like, eh. And, and this is, I'm not trying to compare this to basketball. I'm not trying to compare it to hockey, to baseball, to college basketball. Because the NFL was different. The NFL was the last of the professional sports leagues to have a a kind of concise, condensed schedule in terms, not just of length of season, but when you could watch those games in the season. And now it feels like they're on all the time. Right? We got Thursday. We got Sunday. We have some early Sunday because the game's in London. We have Sunday, Sunday, Sunday night, and then Monday. It's a lot of windows. It's a lot of watch. You're asking a lot for us to watch this every day. You just are. And so what happened to the college basketball season when uh, when every college basketball game was on TV? It, it lacked importance. You still have Carolina and Duke. That's still the one you tune into. Just like you'll still tune in to a big game between the Cowboys and the Seahawks. To a big game between the Patriots and the Seahawks. But the Patriots and the Cardinals on a Thursday night just feels like a game. And it feels like it doesn't have much meaning. And it feels like the regular season is like the college basketball regular season. Eh. So I'm I'm fascinated not by the fact there's a football game tonight, but how little we care about a football game on network TV tonight called by, is Tariko calling the game? Tariko? And Chris Coll- Chris Collinsworth, like that's a huge, big time crew. That the NFL has done this to themselves in their own uh, desire to take America upside down and shake them for money. All right, last thing. Let me get into Lonzo Ball. Last night struggled against shooting the basketball, and uh, he says he knows he can shoot, but it's all in his head. I'd actually tell you that I think he doesn't even know what uh, what it's all in his head means. Right? If it's all in your head, you don't actually think you can shoot. You don't actually think you can make it. The crazy part about Lonzo Ball's inefficiency shooting the basketball is not that he can't shoot jump shots. It's that he doesn't even know his shots inside the paint are what's really limited in his percentage. Like, look, lots of guys come into the NBA and can't make threes. It took Jordan, and granted, a different position, different style, different era, but it took Jordan, I think, seven years to shoot above 30% from three. That's a long-ass jump shot. But if you watch Lonzo Ball play, the reason his field goal percentage is so low is the fact that he's terrible at finishing around the rim. Terrible. So, yeah, he shoots the ball from the wrong side of his face. Yeah, there's there's some limitations to his jump shot. And the game's moving faster, and he's shooting the ball out further against better competition, and he's struggling from three. But he's shooting 29% from the field. From the field! In an NBA era in which you only shoot threes or shoot layups. 
The problem with Lonzo Ball is not the jump shots. The problem is the layups. And while I say layups, you think wide open, jump off your left foot, lay in with your right hand, jump off your right foot, lay in with your... No, when we say finishing package, it's the ability to make creative shots around the hoop. It's it's. Let, let me give you the the best example possible. Ben Simmons, who had one year basically to redshirt last year because of injury, is Ben Simmons a good shooter? Ben Simmons is a horrific shooter. He has not made a three this season, not one. He's only taken a handful. He only shoots sixty four percent from the free throw line, but he shoots forty eight point seven percent from the field. You know why? You're really good at making layups. Or at least palatable about making layups. And so while people are freaking out about his jump shot and shooting on the wrong side of his face, and we'll talk about one of the things I think this Laker team lacks that they need to get in free agency more so than just more talent. Everybody worries about threes when my brother has this expression, and it's an expression that's shared in basketball. You know who wins basketball games? He who makes the most layups. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. But I read this story when I was driving home yesterday. I, I, got, a, I got a pretty healthy drive home. Uh, and so I was kind of ch- checking out stories. And I saw this from Josh Sitton. Uh, Josh Sitton's an offensive lineman for the Chicago Bears. And he had this to say ahead of the Bears-Packers game on Sunday. And he said, we started to break the huddle. He was talking about Mitch Trubisky, their rookie quarterback. We started to break the huddle, and he said, get the F back in the huddle. And don't break the huddle until I break it. Sitton told reporters, and relayed, uh, as relayed by Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette, he kind of cussed us all out, uh, cussed all of us linemen out. And I was like, hell yeah, I respect the S out of that. Like, what does this have to do with the NBA? Um, look, college, professional, high-level sports. It, when when we say it's not for the, the faint of heart, it, there's lots of things that are discussed that aren't discussed outside of locker rooms, outside of huddles or whatever. And it's just that there's a different sort of language, different sort of vibe. But the one thing that that I think you can relate to is in your work, in my work, um, but especially in sports, you got to have kind of an alpha mentality to be a dude, right? You just to be a dude. Being a soft-spoken, kind gentleman will work in your favor in real life, especially if you're a star athlete or a star musician or whatever. Uh, But when you're trying to be the leader of 11 men or 53 men in a roster or even 13, 15 men on an NBA roster. There's a certain kind of leadership. Hey, shut the blank up. Listen to me. I know what we're supposed to do. You're doing it my way. Even when you're just a rookie. I'll give you an example, a personal example. Uh, Whereas I felt like my authority was being challenged. I was a freshman at Notre Dame. There's a guy named uh, Chris Tower, I believe his name was. And he was a backup center in the NBA and uh, a Notre Dame alum. And he, would, he came back and he played pickup basketball with us, getting ready uh, to be in an, on an NBA team. And he wouldn't let me get on the court because I didn't have any credit hours, right? He was just like, the vets are going to play and the, and the freshmen are going to sit until we decide they can play. Which I'm sure was probably how he was treated when he was a freshman. Music, how would you handle that? Dude's like, you're a volleyball player, and at Cal State Northridge, you show up, and they're like, hey, and you're heavily recruited, and they're like, freshman, freshman ain't playing in this deal. I would sort of challenge him and say, why not? I think I have every right to try and prove myself and show that I belong on this team or court or whatever, however you want to apply the uh, proper terminology. Yeah, so what I did was I went and stood – the game was over. I went and stood at one half court with a basketball, just like, shooting. Like, hey, I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. Find out who the other four guys are. And I wouldn't get off. And he, you know, he came, got chest to chest with me or whatever. And I was like, what are you, you're going to beat me up because I'm playing in a pickup game? Like, okay, 
I'm here to be on the team. I'm yeah. not going anywhere. You might as well just let me play, and I'll show you what's up. Right. Right. When it worked. Trubisky, his form of leadership was, hey, everybody, shut the blank up. You break the huddle when I say you break the huddle. This is my huddle. It's commanding respect. But it's also, it's one of those things to which we all act like we don't know the right thing to do. We all know the right thing to do. But football players, basketball players, it's just like people that work under you. They're all, I use this reference a lot. I, I love that Jurassic Park deal with the, the, uh, the Raptors. Remember the guy who's watching the Raptors in Jurassic Park? One of the guys who died, right? He's wearing the he's wearing the outfit with the all khakis, you know, he's like gunned up and he's got a big gun or whatever. And he's he's talking about how they always test the fences. They never test the same part of the fence. Like they're smart, they're cunning. They they test the fence, they always test a different smart. But that's how football players are, basketball players are. That's how guys are. They're always going to test the fences, and you always got to have that electricity up. Now, you don't want to zap them so that it fries their brains, but a little bit of zap, they're like, okay, I got it. Don't touch the fence today. I understand. It's the same thing in football when you're in the huddle. And when I watched Lonzo play last night, and I watched Brandon Ingram play last night, like, look, I, I think you're going to make Lonzo Ball into a better finisher. He couldn't be a worse shooter. His body's going to improve. Brandon Ingram's got some stuff, man. Like, look, he's not the re- – everybody wanted him to be like Kevin Durant. Look at Kevin Durant's rebounding numbers when he was in college. Look at Brandon Ingram's. They're just different. He's a lot softer than Durant was, even though his body's built like Durant. And I don't think he's nearly as skilled as Durant was when he came to the league. But, like, look, he'll get bigger. He'll get stronger. He'll get better. But you know what you don't develop? You don't develop a leadership mentality. You can't make somebody who's not a verbal get-behind-me-shut-the-blank-up-you-break-the-huddle-when-I-break-the-huddle leader. Can't do that. So so the thing about the Lakers is they're going to add two big salaries in this offseason. But what they really need to add doesn't have as much to do with the talent of the person they add as they do to the leadership and the toughness and the kind of alpha mentality of the guy they have. Like, I love the Trubisky quote. Makes me want to watch him play even more. That's the kind of stuff that doesn't get out often enough that guys either have or guys that don't have. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. The Portland Trailblazers, 6-5 and five on this young season. They're two stars, Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum. C.J. McCollum joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on... Uh, Fox Sports Radio. CJ, when you're like the the schedule's different, more spread out this year. When you have a night off, Busman's holiday, you watching the league on TV or you are you completely removing yourself from the game? A lot of times I watch it, especially if it's a marquee game. Um like last night, I think uh what was it, Kyrie Boston was playing the Lakers. So I like I like to watch certain players play certain guards and certain teams and Boston's one of them. So sat down and watched most of that game last night and then tonight I watch a little bit of Netflix, try to catch up on Stranger Things season two. Yep, and and watch uh, Houston and the Cavs. Who was it, Ryan? Who was it we had on who just said he's watched uh, Stranger Things season two and he's wondering? Melvin Gordon of the of the Chargers actually just said, I, I, "I told I told him like I have kids and so the idea of abducted children freaked me out the first couple episodes, <laughs> but I clearly have to get through." Let, let me ask you about what you saw last night. Everybody's everybody at least in L.A. and some people nationally freaking out about uh, Lonzo Ball and maybe to a lesser extent about Brandon Ingram. Now, Zoe only spent one year in college. You spent four years in college. But people now, because of your success the last three years, people forget that you weren't getting a lot of time early on. your first, You know, your first year, you, didn't, you only played half the games. You played, you know, 12 minutes a game. And you averaged like five points a game. Second year, like seven points a game. So um, when you see him, how fixable are some of the things – like, you know, look, his jump shot does not look like yours. But the other things, uh, the strength, the finishing around the hoop, the learning how to be an NBA guard, how fixable is that stuff? I think it's very fixable. I think it's premature to, to judge guys based on, you know, 10 games into their rookie year, especially when they're 19 years old. Um, they have a, a chance to kind, of, to kind of learn and develop and understand the game a little bit better. They have a, a chance to kind of grow into their bodies. And people fail to realize is that, 
Um, this is this is their first time playing at the, at the highest level, although they played in college and had success. Now you talk about grown men going against perennial all-stars and playing arguably the hardest position in the NBA, which is the point guard, the lead guard position. So you're going up against the elite of the elite every night. There's no there's no nights off. So it's a bit of an adjustment period, obviously, playing in L.A. He's under a little bit more scrutiny and, and being in a position where his his father has uh, been heavily involved with the media. He's He's more scrutinized than any player in his draft. So... I think it's just about giving him some time to develop and understanding that the way he plays, you know, he's a pass-first guy, keeps his teammates involved. He's not really a scoring guard anyway, so can't really pay attention to to the to the PPG. It's more about the assist, his impact on the court, and and how the, how his team's doing while he's on the floor. Obviously, he's got to make layups and make free throws, and, and that's what they, you need from your point guard. But I think I think he'll be all right. It's it's really early in his career. Um, do you remember the moment to which you're like, I mean? Look, I don't think your confidence ever very ever wavered, but was there a moment, you know, three years ago you guys lost uh, LaMarcus Aldrich and not a lot of people thought a lot of your team, you guys obviously had that super surprising season and you blew up and averaged 21 points a game. Do you remember the game to which people or you were starting to go like, oh yeah, this, this dog will hunt, I'm, gonna, I'm a starting guard in this league for a long time. Was there a moment? I think it was my my second year in the league. Um, I always knew I could play at the at the highest level and be elite, but I was just a product of you know injuries, being on a good team, being drafted by a lottery team that turned up to, to end up winning 53 games my rookie year. So it was a unique situation where I wasn't just gifted 35 minutes a night. I had to kind of learn and grow and play behind some players. And my second year, I think Wesley Matthews tore his Achilles, and then we brought in Aaron to follow at the All Star break. And he ended up getting hurt as well, so they had no choice but to play me. And I think after you know a year and a half of tutelage and kind of working out every day, I was ready. And in the, in the playoffs against Memphis Grizzlies, I think I had two points the first game, six points the second game, and then I had 28, 30-something, and, and that's when I kind of blew up. And it was going against Tony Allen, head-to-head with Tony Allen, one of the best defenders to ever play this game. So that's when I kind of knew, like, I can play at this level. It's just about consistently getting minutes and continue to get better. Um, I know you want to be in the media when you're done. What do you want to do? That's a great question. I I, I dab with the with the um, radio right now. I work for iHeartRadio, and I do some um, Rip City AM stuff in the mornings, and then I do a hip-hop station at night. Well, I just want to be involved in journalism in general, whether that be writing, commentating, hosting a show. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what route I want to take, so I'm just trying to expand my portfolio as much as possible, build the resume up, and leave myself with plenty of options when I do retire. All right, so when you come down to L.A., if you want to co-host, like, you're you're more than welcome. Oh, for sure. I'll, I'll take you up on that at some point. I know we don't spend a lot of time there during the season, so it might have to be in the summertime. Might have to be in the summertime, um, you know, and, and listen, I mean, uh, could be during playoff time if you guys don't, you know, you guys run into the, a, a tough spot early. Um, hey, I, I want to ask you about the shoes, right? So you're a leaning guy, right? You, you switched yep. over from, from Nike, which... For people who don't don't understand, that's not just a big move to to make to take on a Chinese shoe brand, but you're also in Portland, which is home to not just Nike but also to Adidas. So to uh-huh. do that in the home of these shoe companies, um, what are the shoes actually like? Like like I don't know. I, I you see them on NBA players, but you don't see them in stores. What are they actually like? Yeah, I like them. I've, I've gotten I found some shoes that I'm very comfortable with. I think. The biggest thing is figuring out what works for you. And as an athlete, a lot of us play in orthotics, so I have custom orthotics that are removable. So I'm able to take them out and put them into various shoes and find that comfort. But uh, once I made the switch, I had to get my foot remolded to just make sure there wasn't any drastic changes over the last five years and then go through a bunch of different shoes, putting the orthotics in and working on having them build an actual shoe with the orthotic already molded inside of it to kind of give me that comfort and stability. But uh, I'm looking forward to the opportunity to, to represent a new brand, and I think that uh, going forward, uh, we're going to do some great things, and at some point they'll get some shoes in some stores so people can see exactly what they are like. I mean, I don't, don't you want to? I mean, that's and look, and I don't know if you stayed with Nike, if you'd be able to get your own signature shoe. You know, like I know NBA guys technically have their own. Everybody has their own shoe. It's really cool. But I, you know, I don't know if you'd walk into Foot Action and and see your shoes sitting there. On the other hand, like with 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 Li Ning, like that's that's actually a possibility. Obviously, especially if you go to go to China, and so they ask you. Like, uh, Damian Lillard seems to have at least some input into how his shoe looks. Do you get input into what yours looks like? Yeah, I think in the future I definitely will. Um, as of right now, we're just going through different models and kind of going through that phase of, of breaking down shoes and trying to figure out what's the best for me. But I think that's one of the reasons why 
leaning was the right decision for me. It gives me a gives me an opportunity to have input in the brand. It gives me an opportunity to be a, one of the faces of a brand that not only is global but a main fixture in Asia. And Asia is about four times the size of the United States. So I think that I think the the options are going to be limitless. No, no question. Now we we talked about the China thing. Why why uh, all these uh, sports leagues go and play in China? It's like there's a billion people with a B in China. You get one percent of that population to be fans. And think of the numbers uh, of jerseys sold, of shoes sold. CJ McCollum joining us on the Doug Gottlieb show. I don't know if you you've seen this. League average is at an all time high with three pointers attempted. It's like thirty. Thirty. What is What's the number to which you're like, all right, that's too many three. I, I saw a game with Houston shot 54 uh, one night last week. Like, what's the what's the magic number of threes per game? Um, that's a great question. I don't know what the magic number is, per se, but I think that you know a lot of people are becoming more capable of shooting threes, bigs, fours, and fives, being able to shoot threes, and you have – you know, offense is designed to space the floor now to where there's more spacing and more opportunities to shoot threes. But I think 54 is OD. That's a lot. That's a lot of three-pointers to shoot uh, in one game. But Houston is one of, the, one of those teams that believes in three in the key, and they do it the unconventional way, and they're very effective with it because of the personnel and the, the amount of players they have on their team that are capable of shooting threes. Dude, you got uh, – I, I, I know you missed that jumper the other night, and you had, you had it rolling, right? You had – but 26 shots. Um, but we've seen, you know, we, we I saw Dame, uh, was it was that the Lakers that, yeah, the Lakers that uh, Dame hit that three-pointer light with. Mm-hmm. And, and he, he makes it. Of course, he had missed it the night before against Utah. Two nights ago, you missed one with 3.7 seconds to go. Uh, what's that feeling like of ball in your hand, chance to win a game, and it doesn't go in. As much as we always, like we always think of Hollywood ending, it goes in. What goes through your mind in an NBA game when you don't make it? I think you just kind of reevaluate the play, think about what you could have done better. And then and in my case, I got to my sweet spot, left elbow, stepped back, raised up, had a clean look, and just ended up missing it. So you just kind of think about, you know, how you missed it, why you missed it, and watching watching the film, reevaluating if there's something I could have done better. But, you know, as an athlete, you, the, the great thing about sports is that you, you always have another game for the most part. Usually the NBA is within 24 hours. So having to go home and digest it, watch it, you know, figure out how I can get better for the next game and prepare for the next opportunity is a, is a, the great the great pleasure of being an NBA player. You got to be able to overcome obstacles and in order to enjoy the sunshine, you got to be able to get through the rain. No question. Plus, I mean, like let's let's be honest, the team wouldn't have been that close if not for you. You hit a three with like 13 seconds to go just to bring you within one. By the way, you know you just gave away your scouting report, right? Like we don't even need to go to synergy now. We know sweet spot, end of game, step back, pull up, going left. Like that's you just gave it away. You just gave away your go to. As the, as the great ones say, everyone knows everyone's moves, but you can't stop them. Yeah, yeah, it's like that old Larry Bird video. I'm going to catch it right here, and I'll make it. And I, and he didn't mean to leave a second on the clock. Hey, listen, CJ, great catching up with you. Uh, I wish we would have caught up with you after you made the game winner, but we know you got added opportunities, including upcoming in a couple of days. Appreciate you being our guest on Fox Sports Radio. No problem. Thanks for having me on. All right, that's CJ McCollum. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. You know, the SEC went, what, seven straight years winning a national championship. And uh, because of that, because, because of that, the stakes were raised. When you win in college football, everybody wins. If you've been to the University of Alabama's campus, yeah, the Facilities for the football team are obscene, but all of the sorority houses, fraternity houses have been redone. The campus is just sparkling. It's beautiful. Matter of fact, I just went back to my own alma mater, Oklahoma State, and that campus is obscene how nice it is, how new it is, how refreshed it is, especially in comparison to 20 years ago um, when everything seemed run down. Everything seemed run down. And there's a direct correlation. You can go and look. Now, look, Ivy Leagues, of course, have the biggest endowment. So I'm not saying that sports is the only way to rebuild your campus, to rebrand and rebuild your image, but it really helps turbocharge, supercharge. Because the real money made off collegiate sports is not made from the TV deals or the radio deals. Like $25, $30 million a year, that's not, especially with the expenses that you have to pay for all collegiate sports. It's just not. But when you are successful, now donors have no problem donating to get 
boxes or just donating money for research research centers or for uh, new amphitheaters or whatever new buildings. It's a promotional tour for the for the university. You get more in greater numbers of um, people who apply, higher enrollment. More enrollment is more money. More enrollment is more graduates. More graduates is more donations. More donations, that's where the money is. When in college football, all these things happen. And then look at the SEC, which was once upon a time the most dominant college football conference in the land, as late as two years ago, maybe? Alabama's still awesome. Georgia's back. South Carolina is not as bad as people thought they would be. Uh, but Vandy sits at 0-5 in the league, and they're not going to change coaches. But Tennessee will. Florida's going to. Arkansas's probably going to. Ole Miss has an interim head coach. Everybody thinks Texas A&M's going to make a change. I mean, you're looking at half of the league. So there's a couple things to it. Um... A lot of people ask why coaches have these healthy buyouts, and the big reason is because of overreactions and overcorrections by ADs, boosters, presidents, etc. You have a bad year. On the other hand, on the other hand, like, look, this is big boy football. You don't win like Brett Bielema hasn't won since coming in from Wisconsin. You don't win. You don't ingratiate yourself to the home folks. They get rid of you. Like, there is about to be massive turnover in this league. Mass turnover in this league. And because of the money that this league has made, the money that the league can generate, by my estimation, it's going to completely change the salary structures for everybody. Is a trickle-down. I said this when Tubby Smith left Kentucky and he went to Minnesota. It opened up Kentucky. You remember, everybody was rumored to be in the hunt for the Kentucky job. John Calipari got it. It's been the absolute perfect hire. You don't have to like John Calipari to respect the fact that that was the perfect hire at the time. He's done the perfect job for that school. That's what They want to be competitive in recruiting every year. They want to be competitive for an SEC and national championship every year. And if they fault on the side of having too many big-name, talented players and occasionally coming up short in the NCAA tournament, fine, as long as they keep winning the recruiting battles. Like, he's the perfect fit. They love the attention, and he loves receiving it. But at the time, it also got 10, 15, 20 other coaches paid. That's what will happen with these SEC jobs. Arkansas, Ole Miss, A&M, Tennessee, uh, Florida, Maybe Missouri, who knows, maybe Missouri. It's it's going to make everybody, everyone, probably not Missouri, everyone around the country, Scott Frost, Scott Frost is going to have Florida to Tennessee and probably Nebraska to choose from. Justin Fuente, who's at Virginia Tech, he's going to have to turn down one or two of these jobs, A&M and maybe a Tennessee. So it's bonkers. But part of it is the success of the past decade of the SEC, the success that those schools have seen financially because of the league's success, how they've been able to raise money, raise enrollment, has raised expectations. And when you raise those expectations, this is what happens. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. When you have protests which can negatively impact the way the consumer views the product, when you have injuries and you're like, well, hold on, it's the NFL, it's next man up, that's great. You may go to see Hamilton, but it's completely different Hamilton when they've changed the, the leads. Everybody gets bummed out when, remember when Will Smith, they changed the mom in um, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, right? I mean, Kirstie Alley was no uh, Shelly uh, Long. That's, that's Cheers reference to you. It's the same thing when you lose. I mean, why would you watch the New York Giants? I don't know. We've seen the difference in the Green Bay Packers. 
And though the Houston Texans were keeping it together when they had Deshaun Watson, they didn't just lose J.J. Watt. They lost Deshaun Watson, too. I mean, like, it's crazy because the, we were, the players believed that the touchdown celebrations would make more people watch. That doesn't work. People want to watch big-name players. They want to watch scoring. And they just want to watch football. And I don't think they necessarily want to watch protest, even if they do agree with some of the grounds for the protest. That's just how people are wired. Couple seasons removed from Peyton, and we haven't really replaced Peyton in terms of a, a quarterback or a player. J.J. Watt's the closest to that level of popularity, but he's been hurt both the past two years, and he's not a quarterback. Rodgers we like, but he's one. Of, Aaron Rodgers is one of those guys like, man, he's really smart, but he's kind of Cal- California, kind of standoffish. He's just not as aw shucks, kick the dirt the way that Peyton is. Tom Brady sure, sure as heck isn't like that either. So you lose Peyton two years ago. You lose Romo this year. You lose all these players. These are all likable guys. J.J. Watt, Odell Beckham Jr., and you got the protest, and you have, uh, and this is basically more discussion over domestic violence with the Zeke Elliott thing, and you got yourself a really weird year. Weird year. Probably the weirdest I can think of. And maybe the hardest part is, I'm not really sure who's all that good. Like, uh, the Steelers are figuring out they'll be fine, they'll be in the playoffs. Patriots are figuring out they'll be fine, they'll be in the playoffs. Rams appear to be a playoff team. I'd guess the Seahawks are a playoff team. Cowboys feel like they're a playoff team. But NFC North, we going with the Vikings with Case Keenum? AFC South, are Jacksonville Jaguars really going to win that division? Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Let's welcome in Peter King, who joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Peter, what did Martellus Bennett do to get himself run out of Green Bay? That's a really good question. And it sounds like it sounds like he misled the Packers about his injury. Um, but I don't know that. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but that's. That's on a list of about nine things on the pad next to my laptop right now that I have to find out what exactly happened. It's, but I'll tell, I'll tell you, it's a darn weird story, that's it, for sure. It is a weird story. Now he's back in New England, and we're like, okay, I'm sure they get him at pennies in the dollar, but that's just weird. It, it, he goes away for their, their bye week, comes back, hurts his shoulder in practice, and he must have hurt his shoulder at home, and he must have lied to them about it, right? And then, I mean, that's, that's a reasonable conclusion that's- to make. That's exactly what I thought, but I don't know if that's the truth. I mean, that's my suspicion, but I really don't know if that's the truth. We'll 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 find out, and I'll definitely find out. The great Peter King joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Other news of the day is the on again, off again, on again, off again. On again is the suspension of Ezekiel Elliott, and this one, because of the timing during the week of when it came down, feels hard to believe that he won't at least miss this Sunday's game against the Atlanta Falcons. Is that a reasonable conclusion to make? It's reasonable, but, I mean, a week ago today, everybody was sure that he wasn't playing against the Kansas City Chiefs. And so, you know, I I have, Doug, so far I've been wrong 16 times on this. And instead of being wrong a 17th time, all I'm going to say is this appears to have some finality to it. And it appears that he's going to have to serve his suspension starting Sunday when he misses the game in Atlanta. But uh, I think when I turn on the TV at 425 or turn on that game at 425 on Sunday, I'll, I'll then know if that's exactly what happened because this thing doesn't have nine lives. It has 90. Yeah. Um, that's, uh, that, that's incredibly, incredibly accurate. Peter King joining us. On the Doug Gottlieb Show, what about the reports of Jerry Jones trying to block the contract extension of Roger Goodell, hiring a lawyer to dig up dirt on Goodell and try and expose any flaws within Goodell uh, and and his leadership? Um, what are you hearing? Well, I don't regard- know. I, it's hard. It's hard for me to imagine how any lawsuit to stop the contract could be successful for this reason. 
because six months ago, Jerry Jones joined with his fellow owners in authorizing the um, the, comp- the compensation committee. Uh, every owner authorized the compensation committee to make a deal with Goodell. And so, I mean, it's possible that uh, that there's going to be some sabers rattled here, and sabers will be rattled here, and it's possible that they could do something, uh, you know, and could and could make it very hard um, for uh, Roger Goodell to have a peaceful next X number of years in office. But look, Doug, I, I, I maintain this that. This is about the perception, not just with Jerry Jones, Dan Snyder, and Bob McNair, who I believe would like to see a change at commissioner. But this is about an awful lot of owners in the league who right now feel that, uh, you know, there are however many now, 14, 15, 16 players in the NFL either uh, kneeling or sitting for the national anthem. That's basically about 1%, maybe a little less than 1% of the players who dress every Sunday for NFL games. And I think that, that a lot of owners believe right now that if – why are we paying this commissioner $35 million if he can't find some way and press whatever buttons need to be pressed to get 16 people to stand up for the national anthem? It's fairly – I hate to say it's fairly simple, but it is. And that is – that's something that bothers more than just two or three owners in the league right now. It bothers a lot of them. And I think one of, the, one, of the, uh, one of the bothersome aspects of this is that they feel like the commissioner just doesn't have the juice that he needs to, uh, uh, to make deals, to make a lot of tough deals. So – you know that's that's one of the that's one of the bones of contention that people like Jerry Jones have, have with the commissioner. How can any how can any commissioner think they can come in and make sure everybody stands? I don't know that any commissioner can, but but if you but but I guess I guess the that history would tell you that the last commissioner, um, Paul Tagliabue, uh, in a situation like this, if it happened say 15 years ago. Um, you know, before the untimely death of, of Gene Upshaw, uh, if it happened uh, when Paul Tagliabue was working with Gene Upshaw, that he that Paul Tagliabue could have called Gene Upshaw and said, hey, listen, you know, we are going to uh, begin to lose some advertisers if this continues. And, you know, uh, your players are going to con- are going to begin uh, to see a lessening of the salary cap if we don't get the players to stand for the anthem. That's what it comes down to for the owners. Um, that, you know, the Papa Johns of the world, the, you know, the Miller Lights of the world, the Buds, whoever, the State Farms of the world, that at some point they're going to get tired of this and say, I'll just go to the NBA or I'll go to MLB or whatever. And yeah, we'll miss the NFL because it's got the biggest audiences. But we don't. We're not going to stand for. We're get because here's the thing, Doug. What I heard is that some of these advertisers were getting thousands of phone calls on Monday when uh, you know when the networks were showing uh, you know were showing guys sit and kneel for the anthem, and and so I think these companies that are getting massive uh, reaction from people, anti NFL reaction. I mean, they may not do it now, but I think going into 2018, they're going to have some significant second thoughts on, you know, whether to re-up their advertising. Those who whose whose deals expire after this year. Yeah, and then you have, you know, I I think a good portion of the numbers being down is a game like tonight. Like, look, the the Seahawks are a wildly popular team. I get it, Pacific Northwest and West Coast games are really really hard. Take it on the Cardinals. Who are, are are the essence of an average team at four and four? They're closer to rebuilding than they are being a playoff team, but because there's so many games on, Peter, they they kind of lost their importance. They've they've you know they've is the proliferation of NFL games on TV seems like it's a bad thing, and that seems like it's kind of turned some of people off. Is that a, is that a fair uh, part well, of I why mean, the numbers might be down? You know, I guess so, but. 
was anybody saying this in 2015? I mean, there's the same number of NFL games on in 2015 that are on now. And I don't think anybody was saying that in 2015. Now, there's only, there's only one small difference in 2015 versus today. There was only one 9.30 a.m. game yep. in 2015. And this year, there were three. That's the only difference in the TV schedule. Okay, so for everybody who says, ah, proliferation of games, too many games on, I mean, you know, so I don't, I'm trying to, okay, if that, if that is part of the reason, uh, then why didn't that show up in 2015 when the ratings were, on average, I guess, the last time I looked, about 15% higher than they are now. Uh, the Denver Broncos are run by one of the great quarterbacks, maybe the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. And yet he's got three on that roster that can't play, that, that can't play. <laughs> I mean, it's the craziest thing, uh, the cra- craziest thing in the world. Um, they got the Patriots at home, but if you've watched them, I mean, it's really an indictment of their evaluation of the court. And they have offensive line issues as well. Give me your sense of the level of frustration in Denver over their quarterback play. Well, look, you know, they Trevor Simeon was a seventh-round pick from Northwestern who I believe uh, is a very solid backup quarterback. He's, he's Ryan Fitzpatrick, okay? He's, he's maybe not as good as Josh McCown, but he's, he's, a, he's a good backup quarterback he's the you know whatever he is all right um brock osweiler in my opinion he's a very nice guy but i would never have brock osweiler on my team i don't i don't know that he's scared or whatever he is all i know is that he's incredibly inaccurate and i don't trust him uh to run my scout team uh paxton lynch this is starting to be really really weird Really weird. When I was in training camp, I thought, and I was in training camp in Denver pretty early this year. Okay, but I, when I left there, I said, and and again, he ended up getting hurt. But when I left there, I really felt like uh, Paxton Lynch was going to be the quarterback of the team on October first, uh, or, or what? At some point in the first half of the season, he'd take over, and then he got hurt, and now. Uh, you know, whether it's his work ethic, which has been questioned or whatever, all you hear are these, yeah, but things out of Green Bay about Paxton Lynch. So honestly, I think what you're going to see the Denver Broncos do this offseason, I, I, I mean, I've thought about this a lot, and I try to read the mind of John Elway, but I think he's going to go out on the market and try as hard as he can to go get an established quarterback to play for him for the next two or three years. Mm. Now, line up the usual suspects there. Could he trade for Phillip Rivers? Probably not in the division. Could he trade for Eli Manning? Now, there's an interesting question. And how, how incredibly interesting would that be? You know, his first big deal was signing Peyton. I mean, imagine if he traded for Eli. But, but again... All I'm doing is 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 making wild guesses right. because I know John Elway is not going into 2018 with this quarterback situation that he's got on his roster All right, right now. I, I need some really quick ones. Will Garoppolo play this year for the Niners? Absolutely, yes, and he should. But there's no reason to rush him in because the offensive line is so incredibly leaky right now, minus Staley. Uh, McAdoo lost as McAdoo lost the team. I don't think he's lost the team, but I also don't think that he's doing a good job either. And uh, even though there's only been one coach in the last 80 years of the New York Giants who's been fired after two years or less, I'd say the odds are only 50-50 that that McAdoo will keep his job beyond January 1st. How legitimate is the, the shoulder injury to luck? Is it in his head, or is there actually something wrong with his shoulder still? Who? Andrew Luck. Oh, uh, no, I mean, he's legitimately sore. It's not in his head. This is the thing I say. This is, 
you know, I, I, I look, I'm not, I, I don't want to be rash about this, but Jimmy Ursay's got to zip it. He's got to zip it. Andrew Luck played 21 football games when his shoulder was injured. Okay, after his shoulder was injured in September 2015 against Tennessee, uh, and injured to the point that it eventually required uh, surgery, uh, he played 21 football games. If that's a guy who doesn't have guts, give me 45 of those guys. It's a ridiculous statement. If, 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 if Jimmy Ursay is implying that I wonder if our quarterback is willing to play hurt. Great stuff, as always, from Peter King. By the way, Peter King joining us on behalf of SeatGeek. Go to SeatGeek.com for the NFL season. Enter the promo code KING, K-I-N-G, for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Of course, go to TheMMQB.com for all of Peter's great work, plus all of his colleagues and podcasts. It's an unbelievable site. That's TheMMQB.com. Peter, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it, Doug. Thank you. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.